1: Hey, this is Mark Mastendrea from Iconic. And if you want to learn how to blow up your network, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my man, Travis Chapel.
0: Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chapel, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm really excited to bring on this guy. He's been on my radar for a little while, and we've been trying to make an interview work but it's been all over the place. Their company is growing, him and his business partner, their company is just growing like crazy right now, and so their schedules have been all over. They've had meetings on meetings on meetings, and so uh, we were finally able to make it work today out here in Las Vegas, so he came through. I uh, asked my buddy Brad if I could borrow his studio so we could do this one in person, in studio, and really get some great content for everybody listening. So this guy and his business partner started a canvas company, That's right you heard me correctly. They literally sell canvases. So businesses like these really, really intrigue me because it seems like something that's just so simple and obvious. They just sell inspirational canvas art, but because they did it that well and because they came in and crushed it instead of just barely selling something here and there or dipping their toes in the market, they really just went in and, and, and attacked a niche and then really crushed it with it. So now in less than two years, they're doing eight figures in revenue just just selling canvas art. So uh, his business partner came on, and he was doing a lot of the designs. He was more the artist behind everything. And then this guy came in and just blew up the business side of things. And now they've been able to to do business deals with people like Gary Vaynerchuk and Scooter Braun, who's uh, Justin Bieber's manager. They have licensing deals with literally some of the top brands and recognizable names out there. And uh, man, they're just absolutely killing the game right now, especially in this particular niche. So the company's called. Iconic, and the guy that I'm bringing on today is Mark Mastrandrea, who is really the business side of the partnership. So, him and his partner Jeff Cole started this company a couple of years ago and uh, just started uh, selling directly to uh, consumers, or not directly to consumers, but rather through traditional forms of retail and different things like that. And then, all of a sudden, along the way, they discovered this thing called Shopify and uh, just took over and le- got in, learned the digital marketing space and started putting a ton of ad dollars into what they were creating and uh, really blew up a certain niche and now they've been able to really turn this into a company that's cash flowing like crazy. It's not just fake numbers, it's real numbers and uh, being able to travel the world and do everything that they want to do. So we get into a lot of really great stuff in this interview, specifically how he formed a working business partnership with Gary Vaynerchuk and with Scooter Braun, both at the same time by the way. And uh, there's so many different techniques and tactics that we talk about that's just so fundamental but so overlooked looked. And I, I can't wait for you guys to get into some of these things. We talk about why he is all about the value add and how he can add value to other people. Um, we talk about why you can't skip the process. Everybody wants to skip the process and just move along to the end. But if you skip the process, you don't learn the skills that are necessary to take you through to the points where you can finally see something come to fruition. And so we talk a lot about it, these different things. But first, before we get into that, if you listen to the show, you listen to it for a reason. Uh, however you heard about it, Google, iTunes, a share on social media, interview on a show that you already listened to that had me on, whatever it was, the title Build Your Network resonated with you in some way you realize that the single most important factor that contributes to your success is your network. Well, after years of learning, growing, testing, implementing, falling flat on my face, I'm finally putting together an all-encompassing online training called Explode Your Network. This is everything that I know about networking, A to Z. It's going to teach you how to exponentially grow your connections, level up your inner circle, and shorten your runway to success without annoying all of your contacts or printing a single business card. So I'm currently looking for a test group of about 30 people to get in at half price, which is less than 150 bucks. So literally next to nothing because it's still in the pre-launch, which it's going to be launched here in the next few weeks. So if any piece of content that I have ever released has added some value to you at all, then please stop procrastinating and head over to travischappell.com explode to start investing into what we both know to be the most important aspect of your career. And now here is my chat with Mark Mastrandrea. Mark, what's up brother? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, my man. Of course, of course. How's the how's the trip into Vegas been so far?
1: Actually, my assistant booked the wrong flight. She booked me from Vegas to Cali not Cali to Vegas, so it's been a rough morning, but <laughs> um we are opening up a store in Vegas, so all is well and good.
0: Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, look, I want to get into a bunch of stuff with you here. We got a lot to talk about in terms of Iconic, what you guys are doing with the company. I just respect, respect a lot about what you guys have going on there. But first I want to like go back, back, back here and uh, build some, build some context for everybody listening. So tell me what it was like growing up for like eight-year-old Mark, like bring me back to that moment.
1: Yeah. So I grew up in Long Island in a place called East Meadow, middle-class Long Island. Uh, My father was a Wall Street guy. He woke up at 6.11 every day for 30 plus years. Uh, My mom was a speech pathologist. I had one sister, super tight with her. She was a big soccer player, did really well in school, and was a little bit of a troublemaker growing up. Played soccer my whole entire life. I actually didn't go to school on Fridays for a long time because I was traveling almost every weekend. Playing soccer. Playing soccer. and um, So
0: more of a passion for soccer than for schoolwork, I assume.
1: I actually was not passionate about learning and reading in school till very, very late in the game. I was a late bloomer with everything, actually, in life. Always a late bloomer. Uh, yeah, and I was a big soccer player and really tight-knit group of friends, mostly all athletes. And I would say for me, you know, I look at my life, I kind of break it up into th- different segments. And for me, it all comes down to I was a big soccer player on the club circuit. And then for my school team, I was not recognized. So I was the only Mm. one out of my buddies my sophomore year that wasn't on varsity. And then my junior year, I didn't even start. And keep in mind, you know, my club team was ranked nationally. I knew everybody in the circuit. Mm. And going into my senior year, they had a players to watch list. And not only was I not on the list, but my own friends who were on my team, who they would probably agree that I was better than and friends on the circuit, that I was also better than were on the list. So that was kind of, for me, like the first big moment in my life. I De- remember- Defining moment. Defining moment. Yeah. I remember vividly sitting at my kitchen room table with my mom. I was eating a bagel and eggs. I saw it and I just, something flipped in my mind where I went psycho as far as working out, running, training. Um, I had always trained. Um, I trained on my own. I trained with my team, but then it became something where it was, a sick obsession to yeah. prove people wrong and to prove to myself and to my family who'd always
0: believed in me. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors Do you think that it was like unhealthy obsession or super healthy obsession?
1: I don't think there's so such thing as an unhealthy obsession if it's what makes you happy. Mm. And for me, everything turns. I went from not even being uh, a starter to captain of the team. I made all county. We went as far as we ever went. And I got tons of college scholarships. So for me, that was the moment where I was like, wow, if I put my mind to anything, I will win. And it was something that my family had always instilled in me. My mom, I love her more than anything. She always texts me to believe in myself. I actually have Believe tattooed on my body because of her. And that was like the first time where obviously moms always are going to have your back. Hmm. But this was like a time where it was like stamped. Like she believed in me and I proved her
0: right. Right. So it right, huge definitely. for me. So going into college, what were the plans? Was it just like, hey, I just want to go and play soccer or like I'm going yeah. for this specific degree now and this is just a vehicle? So... I had tons
1: of college, uh, college offers, and I went to play at Delaware. I go there to play. I ended up not really getting along with the team, so I actually ended up quitting. And I was a little lost my freshman year, just kind of refining myself, because in school, I was part of the cool crowd. You know, I was a big soccer player, and I went there. I went to the University of Delaware, and I was nobody. And then something happened right then and there. My freshman year, I was in the dorms, and I went down the hall, to these girls that needed alcohol. And at that point we had been through freshman orientation and they were like, hey, don't do this, don't do that. Three strikes, you're out of school. So these girls gave me $40 for a 30 pack of beer. And at that point I'd always drank Bud Light. So I go to the store and I discover something called Natty Ice, Milwaukee Beast. I go to the store and I buy a 30 pack for seven, eight bucks. I go back to them and I was like, here's $32 and change. And they're like, keep it. So then I was walking back to a room and just the light went off in my head. I'm like, wow, nobody wants to take the risk of buying the alcohol. I have the fake ID. My roommate was on the football team. He had the car. So then what did I do? I went to everyone on my floor, everyone on the top floor, everyone in my building. Then I created this business where basically I was filling up duffel bags with liquor and with beer and even got to a point where where I mitigated the risk and I had other people carrying it from the parking lot to the dorms. And right then and there, I just... I became an entrepreneur and, yeah. and for me, an entrepreneur is being able to to find white space and, and find opportunities to make money. And then that was the genesis of me becoming a hustler for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. Was there any point during that time where you felt like you were getting into like a dangerous area where it was just like, oh man, like this is making some money and I'm hustling my ass off here, but it's dangerous. Yeah. It, like at some point this could come crashing down and I could lose a lot of things.
1: Yeah. For me. I'm so blessed with my upbringing where I, there was a very eclectic mix where like the town next to me was very wealthy and the, the other town on the other side wasn't wealthy and I was kind of like in the middle. Mm. So I had seen some things yeah. um, and there was like some quote unquote heat on me that they figured out what I was doing. And then I actually had a beer pong tournament in my room. We ripped down the doors and had two beer pong tables. And Then the resident advisor came in. They knew what I was doing. I got my first strike mm. and it stopped.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So one strike later, you're done. What are you doing now? And and what what was your your major during this time and stuff like that?
1: So at that point I was a finance major because my dad uh, was a Wall Street guy and I thought I was going to go down that path.
0: Always something businessy then, like you're always pursuing that sort of path.
1: Yeah, but I was, I didn't, it was just then where I was starting to see that I had the mind, the strategy, the drive. And when I saw a little opportunity, I penetrate and I go really fast and I try and optimize any situation. So there was that. And then it just became a spiral of, of different little mini businesses where I did bus trips or basically, you know, I would make deals with the guys that had the bus. I'd make a deal with, with the bars. They'd pay, you know, people would pay $20 and then they'd get free transportation. They would get free an hour of open bar. And then I'd get a cut of the bar. Mm. So that was something where I started doing that. And I was making like pretty good amount of cash yeah yeah And i had a a t-shirt company so i mean i just did so much stuff during school where i learned an incredible amount and i graduated in five years and i had a 2.11 gpa (laughs) if you guys want to go check my instagram at mark brazil mark with a k brazil with a z i put my report card on there it is the most embarrassing thing (laughs) i withdrew a whole semester that i paid for wow
0: Cause I didn't go to class and I was just tanking, (laughs) but I was making money. Hey, but I mean, and props to you for going back and finishing though. Honestly, like because a lot of people would just be like, Hey, I'm making money. Screw this. I'm done. What made you want to finish?
1: My family. So I come from a pretty conservative family. So yeah, I finished for them. They paid a lot of money for school and it's something I'll forever be indebted to them for and definitely going to get them back for that for sure. Yeah. It's good to, you know, at that point, this is over 10 years ago where you went to school and having a degree was semi-relevant at that point. Oh, right. So, right. and I went to University of Delaware. It's, I don't know, top 30 business school. It's pretty good school. So okay. at least I had a degree.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like you've been able to use a lot of the things that you actually learned in school? I'm not talking about like experiences that you gained from running businesses in school, but like yeah. actual classes, do you feel like it was pretty helpful?
1: Zero. Okay. Which looking back, there's this, this Instagram thing where everyone's like, you know, forget about school. Don't do nine to fives. I actually was an idiot. Like looking back, I wish I paid attention in school. Mm. It's like, it's saying, um, you know, you could be smart, but do you want to be smarter? Mm. You know, like looking back in those classes, like if I knew how to really use Microsoft Excel, me as a business person, that would be great to be able to whip up quick financial models and do it on myself. Instead, I need to rely on somebody else. Mm. So I learned literally nothing. I paid attention to nothing. I literally skinned by like by the, by the teeniest amount. So... <laughs> I didn't, but I wish I did.
0: Okay. So, yeah. so not necessarily because the material wasn't there, but mainly like your mind wasn't there. It was elsewhere.
1: Yeah. I was a completely different human then. I wasn't passionate about learning and reading and such. Right.
0: Which is how it should be, right? Like yeah. You you should you should always be becoming a different person. Hundred percent. Right? It's crazy to me when people say that they're the same person that they were ten years ago. <laughs> like that's that's like that's way not worse. good. That's not good. <laughs> right. In
1: right. any context, it's
0: not good. <laughs> so okay, coming out of college, you graduate, get your degree. Was there like a job lined up? Were you ready to go like get back into that finance career and stuff yeah. like that, or was it more? Hey, I'm I'm working on this entrepreneurial venture. It's actually going pretty well, and I'm going to keep pursuing that.
1: So. Things have been going pretty well up to this point. I okay. was I was the cool guy in high school. Um, I was part of you know the best fraternity, I would say, making a lot of money. And then my life hit absolute tank for a long stretch of time. Okay. So next was my best friend, Will Dean, who's actually my, my new business partner now and just moved back to California. He was working for uh, an energy efficient lighting company in LA. And he's like, hey, we need somebody lead certified leadership in energy, and environmental design. And this was, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. This is when the green boom was was booming. Yep. And up to that point, I had done terrible in school. I didn't know, I did horrible on every test. Hmm. So I was like, Hey, you know what? California is, is this cool, esoterical place. Let's go move there. Let's go get LEED certified. And it was all about things that I had no clue how to do. So like irrigation systems. Hmm. I mean, I don't know how to build a desk for my IKEA, So <laughs> this was, I was a complete idiot. So I studied for months and then I fail and you can only take it every two months. Mm. So then another two months and then I fail again. And then another two months I finally pass. So I waited for like six, seven months of my life. Luckily I made a little bit of money, but now at this point I literally had no money. Mm. I moved to California, signed a lease a week later, I get laid off because the guy didn't need me. Oh gosh. So I got no money now. I invested all this time to become leadership in energy and environmental design, lead certified. And now I have this lease, which I probably overextended myself a bit mm-hmm. because I was excited about California. I had nothing. So then I found a job on Craigslist doing uh, home remodeling, energy efficient lighting and windows and all this stuff.
0: Like doing the actual labor?
1: No, selling. Okay. So zero salary, all commission. Uh, Of course. This next year of my life was huge for me because I learned about, really about selling. I always was great at selling strategists, but I didn't have real structure to it. Mm -hmm. So it's crazy that like, I still remember it It was called form family, occupation, recreation, and money. It's how you kind of like size up people and then evaluate it. And I would literally go into people's houses from, from Compton to Beverly Hills, to the Inland, all over the place, Mm -hmm. no money down. And I would knock on their door and I would spend five, six, seven, eight hours in their house trying to sell them $30,000 worth of energy efficient coding. Mm. And there'd be times I'd sit in houses for six hours and make zero sales. Yeah. There'd be times where I'd go weeks without making any money. There'd be times where I would drive 250 miles, knock on doors, and nobody shows up. I always say I vividly remember, and this was, I was never a suit and tie guy. I remember wearing a suit and tie, absolutely miserable in this terrible car, just Eating beef jerky outside my car, sweating, and just thinking like, "Wow, I'm like a miserable
0: failure." So that was
1: like, I would say one of one of the lowest points of my life.
0: Yeah. And I was like, I got to move back to New York. What was it? Pure door to door. Did were they sending you leads? And they just knock around the area. They had a
1: very low level call center where the 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 leads I would not even say were qualified. Yeah. The quote
0: unquote leads.
1: The quote unquote leads were not qualified. Right. And it's just. You're literally, it taught me everything about sales because I was literally selling to black people, white people, Mexican people, old people, young people, Beverly Hills, Compton all over the place and for me up until that point I'd only associated and talked to people that I wanted to talk to
0: this is the part of the story that I really like bro because like this is these are all the things that happen behind the scenes right mm-hmm. like where the, the things that people don't see so yeah. they look at you right now and go man iconic you guys are just blown up on the scene like yeah. eight figures in revenue in yep. t- less than two years just blew up crazy like yep. how did you do that what are you doing right now and then they look at your dissect your marketing and they look at this and that that you put together mm-hmm. what they don't see was the previous decade of like trying something, failing, trying something, failing, trying something, succeeding, and then failing and then getting punched in the face here and here and then like falling down here and then doing this sales gig where you cut your teeth and learned emotional intelligence and like learned how to communicate with people properly in general. Like all of those things are what has allowed you to be able to do what you've done now. It's not just the fact that like you picked a good company and like hit it right on the head this time. It was because you've put in 10 years of pre-work before Mm -hmm. the work mattered for what you're you have going on right now, and this is part of the story that I really vibe with personally because my whole background is in door to door sales before I got into this. Yeah, so I was six, seven years of knocking on doors, training, selling, recruiting, managing Love all door to door sales reps, man. So like, I know firsthand how important it is because everybody, because a lot of people say the same thing about the show. Yeah. Is like, hey man, how have you done this in a short amount of time? Like, how did you get this person, and that person, and this person? It was like, well, it's doing these things, but it's using all the experience that I have from literally knocking on thousands of doors and talking Mm -hmm. to thousands of different people and like learning how to communicate properly with each and every one of those people. So like huge applause to you for like going through each and every part of this process and like really, really grinding it out.
1: You couldn't have said any better, man. I I always make this analogy. It's, it's in the art space. So I I think it was Picasso actually, where someone put a napkin in front of him and he drew a little something and they go, how much? And he goes, $30,000. And they go, why? It took you five seconds. He goes, no, actually it took me 40 years to mm. do it in five seconds. Yeah. So that's kind of the same thing for me. Another thing that I always say is, is always and only make new mistakes. That's something I always say. Always be making mistakes and then only make new mistakes. You want to make as many mistakes as possible, as quick as possible, but only make them once. So Love I that.
0: also think experience. Is that an iconic poster?
1: No, it should be though. Should be. I'd buy that. Yeah people just sorely underestimate experience nowadays they get very jaded by these these guys that are just flexing random stuff probably bought on credit cards or guys that like Mark Zuckerberg that, that hit big early which kudos to him that's one in a billion though it's just like, I always say that I'm just so much smarter than I was yesterday, than, than a week ago. I look at myself like two years ago. I'm like, wow, what an idiot, you know? So <laughs> that's how it should be though. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So
0: I just funny, man, I was just having this conversation with a, with a client of mine the other day and she was going back and forth with what to charge for this like consulting day for this company that, that was looking to hire her. And I was just like, well, you should, I think, oh, I was like, well, what do you think you should charge? And then I was like, whatever you think you should charge, double that. Because your work, like they're not paying you for a single day of work. They're paying you for the previous decade of knowledge and experience that they don't have to go do now. Like 100%. that's what it's for. It's not for eight hours of your time like you're a janitor. Like you're not getting paid an hourly wage like you, like because that's how she was factoring it. it. Was like, oh, well, my my time is worth X amount of dollars and blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, no, it's not about your time like today. Yep. It's about you have, de- you have years and years of experience and failures and lost money and opportunities that you've put in that you're going to save them from that. That's what you're charging for. So man, I'm I, totally, I also, totally on the same page. I
1: also think it's people underestimate, you know, when they're charging the delta that they're going to improve your business. Hmm. So like for me, if it, someone that's doing e-commerce that's doing 50 or 100 grand a month, I'm supremely confident that in five minutes, I can tell them, do this abandoned car flow, do this app, do this. I'm going to increase our revenue $20,000 in five minutes. Yeah, I'm supremely confident in that. So it's like people need to start looking at the actual value that you give to someone, not the time.
0: The value exchange, yeah, yep. which is exactly what we we're talking about before we even pressed record. So 100%. before we get there, let's go jump back into the story Yeah, and and then it, gets worse. it a bit more. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So really low point in your life, selling stuff you don't want to be selling. It's hot. You're in a bad car. Okay. So start there. Take us. So now I move back step. to New York.
1: Okay. So at that point, I'm one of the guys which... You know how people move to California and then they move back because they can't, quote unquote, hack it. Yeah. So I'm that guy. Okay. Which I'm a confident guy. So that that hurt, but I had to do it at that point. I, need, I needed to just refine myself what I wanted to do. So I go back and I'd always been a really good idea guy. And at that point, I just started dabbling and reading a bit. I'd read the book like Art of the Star by Guy Kawasaki and, and stuff like that. Just understanding structure of business, like go LLC a business, go to GoDaddy and buy a domain, etc. So I come up with this idea called the World DJ League where the DJs are the players, the management companies are the teams, and the venues are the stadiums. We're going to stream DJ sets and all of this grandiose stuff. I end up through one of my fraternity brothers, my little brother, Dan Oaken. Shout out, Dan. His family friend, a very wealthy family, I teamed up with him, and I spent six months really pushing this concept with him. We're working every single day on it. It was a huge idea with a lot of legal loopholes, so it wasn't like nowadays where you can just start something today. We got an LOI, a letter of intent for money. Keep in mind, I'm fully vested in this. I am I have no money at all. I'm in this deep. Mm-hmm. He goes skiing one weekend and he dies. Wow. Which people don't know to this day how he died. And yeah, man, the money got taken away. And I was so deep in it. At that point, I was, I mean, I was a guy I spent every single day with. That happened. So I got a little, I'm a pretty non-emotional guy when it comes to business, but it, yeah. it messed me up a bit. And I mm-hmm. decided that, I had to move move on from that that was that was really that was really hard, man wow yeah, and it's just at that point, I cared what people thought now I don't care at all, and at that point it was just it was just failures on failures, and that's when I think that's when it was like absolute rock bottom
0: yeah when, when do you think the switch happened from like caring what people thought to not caring what people thought?
1: when I really started diving deep into the true winners and when I tasted a little bit of a win. And I'm starting to realize now no one cares for the most part. Nobody cares about anybody. Everybody's out for themselves. Mm. And I've just narrowed my focus on a very small group of people that I want them to know the real me. And then just do the best I can with everything else.
0: Yeah. How would you recommend somebody go about doing that for themselves? Like if they're in that mindset where they're like, man, I, Mark, Travis, I hear you guys. Like, I, I, I know that I do this, right. Yeah. But how do I, how do I just abandon what everybody thinks of me? Cause I just care too much. What would you say to somebody like that?
1: Audit your circle. I think that's the most important thing. Everybody talks about, you know, you are the average of the five people you hang out with. Mm-hmm. I fully agree on that. Yeah. So audit your circle. That's very, very important. You want people that are talking about improving themselves, learning, reading, fitness, All the people I surround myself are looking to optimize their life in every single way possible. Become a better friend, a better brother, a better father, all that stuff. So it's who you surround yourself with. And then the other thing, which is huge, is audit what you're consuming. Who are you following on Instagram? Whose podcast are you listening to? Like for me, in all of my life, in business and friendships and in content, I don't go wide and shallow. I go narrow and deep. Example, Ed Milet. I discovered him a couple weeks ago. Bender. I'm just consuming everything. I love this guy's stuff. Yeah, I've already implemented multiple things in my life and he's changed my life. I'm like a 15% better human the last month because of this guy.
0: Right. So like yeah. for me- uh, His episode is still one of the most downloaded ones on my show.
1: Oh, he's, he's an animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolute yeah. animal. So audit your circle
0: and then audit the, the, the content that you consume. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love it. This episode of the show is brought to you by care of you guys know that I don't accept a lot of sponsorships on the show because I only want ones that I actually think can benefit you all. And this is one of them care of is a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door. Give yourself an extra boost this season, whether you're looking for more energy, better sleep to maintain stress, or something else to help you feel your healthiest. And if you're asking yourself, how will I know what vitamins I actually need? Well, that's a great question to ask yourself because 90% of people fall short of FDA-recommended guidelines for at least one vitamin or nutrient, 90% percent. So find out where you're lacking with care of's really fun and easy online quiz and get back on track to reaching your specific health goals. Plus they make it all really easy and convenient. You're going to get your personalized care of subscription box uh, sent directly to your door. Every single month with personalized daily packs, which is great for super busy people like all of us. And if that weren't enough, a portion of every single sale goes toward the Good Plus Foundation, which provides expectant mothers in need with prenatal vitamins. So for 50% off of your first month of personalized care of vitamins, go to takecareof.com and enter code Travis50 at checkout. So again, that's take care of dot com and enter code Travis 50 at checkout for 50% off your first month. So now actual rock bottom. So yeah. it was like tough before, but now it's like real rock bottom. Yep. What what happens from there? So then
1: my buddy Ian, uh, who was living in Florida, came to me for an idea to start a, uh, an, a mixed martial arts infused clothing company sponsoring MMA guys. And I had had that experience from college. Okay. So we did it. Um, It was good. Made a couple hundred grand. It was mid-20s. I actually ended up spinning it off into IP and then it became a graphic novel, a comic book. It's actually still in existence right now. But through that, I met two guys that came to me with a concept to create a luxury headwear company. And I was like 26 or 27. They basically came to me. They were my sales guys for the MMA clothing company. They had had, uh, grown Tap Out, the company Tap Out.
0: Wow.
1: So I was like, wow, this makes sense. You know, before... $200 jeans, there was only Lee and Levi's. Mm -hmm. Before Stan Socks, there was $4 socks, $2 socks. I was like, all right, this makes sense. So I ended up touring the US with them. Um, We did three, four months, 40 states, 175 retailers, lived on a, uh, I don't even know, a a terrible tour bus, (laughs) sleeping in Walmart parking lots, taking five second showers. But we ended up acquiring funding. And then this was 2014-ish. And then I ended up moving back to California with full funding and becoming the CMO of that company. Okay. So now I was back in like, hey, this is like a real company. And we were in Lids, Bloomingdale, Zoomies, Nordstrom's. It was, it was a real company. So now I was a bit more stabilized. So that was, that was good for me. I was back in the, in the normal life.
0: So give you a taste of success right on the heels of a pretty, pretty gnarly failure. Not so much
1: success. Think about what I just told you. I had never really worked for like a real company. So it started. It put me in like a, what is society like? What what is what are regular companies like? Mm-hmm. And it really taught me what I wanted, what I didn't wanted. And I was the number three at the company. So I saw at that point, I had, you know I'd done sales, I'd been an intern, I'd been the CMO, I've started my own stuff. So I started seeing stuff from different angles and seeing what worked and didn't work. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that experience set me up to do what I'm doing now.
0: And what ended up happening with that company?
1: I ended up. I was just really under and underutilized. And at that point. I had begun my friendship with a guy named Jeff Cole. He's my business partner now. He does the art. I do the business for Iconic. And Jeff actually ended up moving to California and we lived together during this company. And then- What, what was he doing at the time? He was doing 1099 work and I was sourcing him stuff from my, my MMA clothing company and just kind of helping him out. So he was just doing literally whatever. Doing whatever. Yeah. And it's so wild to look back now because yeah. he's the goat. He's literally the best at what he does. <laughs> yeah. And like- I think I saw it before everybody else. Yeah, because he's got the best ideas. He works faster than everybody. He's honest. He's loyal. I mean, it's it's crazy to think that like it's just crazy. So this was 2014, 2015, and we then the company that the the company Mel and the Hat Company, we just weren't in a good spot either of us, and we were back to not rock bottom, but not happy. Basically, living paycheck to paycheck, living in Carlsbad, San Diego got it keep in mind I'm from New York just from Chicago we were at Nike's Adidas Jordan Carlsbad San Diego for people don't know or older people that wear sandals yeah and we're in a company that had pivoted to skate so Ryan Scheckler was a partner we were in zoomies I didn't even know who Ryan Scheckler was and I was the CMO of the company (laughs) so if you guys want to talk about authenticity I knew that it was time to go yeah so this was I don't know a couple years back three years back maybe and then we pivoted out of that, me and Jeff, for an MBA licensed company, it was a consumer product MBA licensed company, which I don't want to talk about much to, to be frank with you. But through that, we moved to LA together, me and Jeff and the office, we lived in the office with this other guy. And that's in 2016, we were like, let's start dropshipping art because I own a couple of big Instagram accounts. And at that time I managed an artist, his name is Timmy Sneaks, and I saw a huge hole in the price point art business. Everybody that was emailing me could not afford the art. So I was like, wow, let's drop a limited edition print. Not limited limited units, limited time. So for 48 hours, we can make as much money as possible. Made a lot of money. And I was like, wow, there's a huge hole in this market. So then Jeff was like, wow. He looked at Instagram and he's like, I'm seeing all this inspirational stuff. I'm seeing these, these photos and these crude memes. You know, let's just mess around and start dropshipping art. So Jeff had actually... Printed all of his art through this one company in college. So he had, had this relationship with this one company, oddly enough. And we started doing it, making $1,000 here and there in 2016. Black Friday, we made like 20 grand. And we we're like, wow, this is awesome. Because this was, was a side hustle. We were, like, right, we're right. like, this is complete. Like we didn't even touch the account. It was like, whatever. And then February 27th, 2017 occurred. We moved from Squarespace to Shopify and we discovered something called digital marketing. And for everybody that's listening right now, I would consider myself pretty well versed in digital marketing. February 27th of 2017, which is a little over two years ago, I knew absolutely zero about digital marketing. Zilch. I did not know what ROAS is, return on ad spend for people that do digital marketing. They would say that's like the, the most mundane, easy thing to know. So then in March, we started doing ads. Month one, with this,
0: there was white space. You were running your own ads or?
1: Uh, we had a guy that was helping us. Okay. So it was me, Jeff, and a guy that was helping us. And then it just went wild. And we were working from five o'clock in the morning to eight in the morning. And then the second, our partner in that MBA company left at five or six, the door slammed and we went crazy. Hmm. I was a lot of expressos and it was just, it was the first time that me and Jeff were mutually aligned with hmm. the yeah. revenue upside. And then yeah. obviously the effort. And it was like, Hey, the more effort we put in, the more money we make. Yeah, And we had also come from retail where for people that don't know retail, there's, there's different terms. So there's something called net 30, net 60, net 90, or consignment. Net 30 means that you put the goods in and then you don't get it for 30 days or 60 days or 90 days. Or consignment, where you put the goods in and you only get the money for what you sell. So you're basically floating money to these retailers where it hurts your cash flow and then potentially you cannot even get paid. Like when we were at the hat company, like what am I going to do when I send 15 $200 hats to Johnny in Atlanta? And I call Johnny and say, Johnny, give me money. What am I going to do?
0: Right, right.
1: I'm not gonna curse, but kissing you know. goodbye. Yeah. It's not coming back. <laughs> right. So then we discovered this e-commerce thing where the Shopify Cha Ching happened. Yeah. And the money came
0: in. And there's no retailer in the middle.
1: There's nothing. Yeah. So it was immediate satisfaction. And we just it just became it became crazy addictive where I will forever remember the day where Jeff is a fanatical worker. But he 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 was a party guy in college, you know, he went to University of Arizona and such. So he would, he, he's got his friends that he goes out with. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time that we had, this, in the beginning, we would keep the cha-chings on, the Shopify cha-chings on. And he was downstairs, they were downstairs to pick him up. And on the way out, it went cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. And as he was walking out, he goes, F that. And he comes back. Didn't want to go out, <laughs> you know? And that's when it just, like, it, it was so exciting. Yeah. For right. anybody that's an entrepreneur out there, the beginning is just, oh, God bless the beginning.
0: Yeah, yeah. So... How many cha-chings in how short of a period of time? Like like when three, six months down the road, were you guys just like, okay, we got to just stop whatever else we're doing and just like do this full time?
1: Well, that's where Jeff and me differ. As you can tell, I'm a cowboy. He is not. So it was, a, it was an every single day I think. I was like, bro, let's go. We got to do this. Yeah. And once we're not reliant on one skew or one art piece, mm-hmm. once it started spreading to yeah. multiple skews, then he's like, okay, let's do this. Okay. So we did the first 2 million part-time. Wow. Wow. So, so that's anybody crazy. out, anybody out there that's got excuses, you should probably stop this. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I love that, bro. I mean, anytime I talk with somebody who has an excuse on something, I'll ask them if anybody out there has ever been something, has ever been through something similar or worse than what they're currently going through. Yeah. And the answer is always yes. And then the follow-up question is, has that person been able to turn that situation into a great situation. Yeah. And the answer is always yes. So then it's like, there go the excuses. Like they're out the window. It comes down to the fact that like you're either willing or you're not willing to put in the work. Both are fine either yeah. way. But if your goals are something that is not going to align with the amount of work that you're willing to put into it, then yeah. you can't get upset about not reaching those goals. Right? Right. <laughs> it yeah. just doesn't make sense. You can't, you got to pick one or the other. Can't it's, have both. It's all in your head. It's yeah. really all in your head. That That's to harp on
1: my lead again, because he's just got so much good stuff. Yeah. He always talks about building internal reputation with proving yourself, proving yeah. to yourself inside your head. Every day I wake up, I make my bed, I make my bed, do the pull ups, do this, do that, do that. And then you'd start seeing, like, wow, I could really do this. Wow, I could really, let's do this for three days. And after three days, you're like, wow, let's do this for six days. And for me, I've just systematically, I'm now like really battling in my head to just prove to myself that I'm who I know I can be. And it's so much fun too, because when you get those little wins in yourself, like sometimes I'm just like, get really happy. Like I'll have like my headphones on and I'll get like really happy. Cause I like did something internally and like my partner always looks at me like you're a weirdo, you know? So
0: <laughs> Okay, let's go a little bit, little, little practical here, bro. So for anybody that doesn't know, and I'm sure that I'm sure that they've been kind of listening and their interest is piqued about what Iconic is. So can you, since we haven't clearly defined what your company is, what you do, what your revenue has been in the last couple of years, can you just kind of give us a quick synopsis of that?
1: It is affordable pop culture art. So as low as $70 up to a thousand dollars. And we have tons of licenses, Muhammad Ali, Marilyn Monroe, Elvis Presley, the NBA, tons more coming. We ship worldwide. And that's the, Basic genesis behind it. You know, me and Jeff are pretty forward facing, and we're really passionate about motivation and inspiration. So a lot of our content and pieces are revolve around that. And then we have we put out tons of content. So I mean, if you watch our web series, it's all about like dialogue like this. So that's really it. I think to keep it super super simple, that's what it is. Um, you know, where do you go to get your art? IKEA, yeah, posters, right? Amazon, Target, Target. <laughs> you know, if you
0: want super unique stuff, yeah, that's affordable. Iconic, I K O N I C K. You got that right before, too. That's good. Yeah, yeah you that wrong. Yeah, yeah. Man, thank man. you. I do right. my research, man. There you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, go to Iconic.com to, to check out some of their stuff. Really, really great things um on the horizon there. I want to get into how you put together a couple of your partnerships bro because I think this is this is what ties into the conversation from earlier where we we're talking about really cutting your teeth and learning emotional intelligence and how to communicate yeah. with people all from all different walks of life, cultures, backgrounds, mm-hmm. you know, uh, societal statuses and whatever. Um. So I think this is what really ties it in. So let's pick one of these specifically to go into, I know you have a ton of different partnerships and different licensing deals with the, with other people, but specifically let's go into the, uh, how you guys were able to build a new partnership with uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and what he's got going on.
1: For sure. Yeah. Uh, it goes back to what we talked about before. It's all about value first. When I think about every single person in my life, and let's just exclude my family because they brought me to, to earth. I'm just giving favors to everybody. I can't really think of many people right now in my head that it's like, I owe you one. Because I'm just value. value. I just throw so much value out there. And Gary reached out to Jeff to do the rebrand for Vayner Sports. Jeff did it. Jeff did it. And they go, how much? And I go to Jeff. We're not charging them. Just wait.
0: So we did a Gary on a Gary. So So he did did the actual design For free. And Jeff charges a lot. Yeah. And well, I mean, and for a company that can actually pay you. Exactly. Yeah. So that happened.
1: And then what happened, we had an inside guy at Vayner's name's Justin G and Grande. We had just started popping off the company. So then we waited six months and then Jeff, Jeff had started watching Gary's stuff. Jeff was an artist and now he's starting to have a little bit more business sense. Gary was the one that put him on. And then obviously I'm psychotic about learning and, and listening to podcasts and mm-hmm. such. So us together, he's starting to get more into business. So like, Six months after that happened, he's like, bro, are you going to do anything with Gary? And literally, it was like a late night and I was at my computer. I was like, "Eh, yeah. So I put together an email and I go, yo, Justin, we're huge Gary disciples. Here's our revenue the last six months. Do me a favor, get me a meeting. Justin hits me right back with a screenshot from him and Gary. He goes, dope. Get me a meeting with these guys. A week later, we get a a calendar invite. And keep in mind, at this point, we're not fanboying over Gary, but I mean, this is a guy that we consume all of his content. I highly respect him. Beverly Hills Hotel we get a counter invite from 5 15 to 5 30 15 minute meeting this is how busy this guy is we get a 15 minute meeting with him we go there and that 15 minute meeting turns into an hour it's absolutely explosive we're on, we're on the Gary V show and by the end of it he was just like I like you guys come to New York and I'm from New York so we go a week later go to his office we talk and we ended up staying in um, the music studio with him until two in the morning developing like a real relationship with him He's like what are we doing here I was like I don't know. Let's do something, and I ended up doing something. And it's funny because the real ones know the real ones. And mm, yeah, think about this. In the beginning, that first couple million, Jeff was f- solely focused on the design. So I'm doing everything else, mm-hmm. doing all the customer. I'm doing everything. So you know, for these interviews and when I'm on panels, if you're preparing, not not you because you should prepare because you're interviewing someone, but like if if you're asking me questions, I don't have to prepare because I did it. right. So Gary's asking me all these probing questions and he's like, this guy knows what he's talking about right? because I'm doing it. So right away that happens. And then parallel to that was a conversation with Scooter. Scooter and Gary are two kingpins. They're both huge jet fans and they had never been in the business together. So that they were both were happening simultaneous. And then we told both about it. And then we closed the same deal at the same time.
0: Wow. So with Scooter Braun and Gary Vee, same deal. Same time, same deal. Gotcha. Yep. Bro, there's so many parts of this that I that I really love because everything that you're talking about is everything that I teach on the show I and try to get people to see, right? Because that's the whole idea behind creating content is yep. like trying to create a change in somebody yep. and like convince them that this way is of doing it is a better way of doing it than the other way or maybe yep. the old way or whatever. So there's a couple of things in that story that, that I want to point out. First of all, I hear a lot of people, especially in the networking, quote unquote, networking world that say like, hey, be interested, not interesting, right? Yep. Like always be interested in the other person. And I agree with that for the most part, but I think it makes people back off on the being interesting part, which is like half of the equation. I like where you're going with this. Yeah. Because like you add you got to be a person of interest in order to demand attention from other people of interest. So like if you were just another one of Gary Vee's fanboys that like walk into the office, then you're going to, you're going to leave five minutes later with a picture of you shaking his hand and like, that's it done. Right. Big thing with that too. You can't be a fan and a friend. So you got to pick one or the other. Mm. I don't want to attract that. Keep yeah, going. No.
1: You're on a good path right now.
0: Yeah, no, totally. And I, I love that you pointed that out and you can consume somebody's content and be their friend without being like a geeky, like 100%. nerd out fan. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, be, be interested in my opinion. You got to be interested and interesting. It's one of the mm-hmm. things that I go over in, in my new training that I have coming out, because I think it's so overlooked and people stop becoming better versions of themselves and they stop working on certain things because they're, they're so forward, like others facing, but they forget that they also have, like, you, you got to bring something to the table if you're going to be able to connect on a deeper level other than just like, oh, I shook his hand and we met one time. Cause you can do that with anybody. Like I can meet Gary V next week. I'm sure I could go look at his speaking schedule, go to an event, shake his hand, get a 30 second conversation with him and be on my merry way. Right. But like now you're leaving with a partnership, a signed inked deal where yep. you're going to make money with somebody who you've like loved and looked up to for mm-hmm. a long period of time. Right. So I think it's important to be interested and interesting. They have to like you. Yeah. People totally. like interesting people. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. It's all part of the story. So that piece is there. And then there's the value add piece, which is something that I harp on all the time and something that not everybody gets, but talking with you that you're somebody that just gets it. Mm-hmm. Like, doing a deal like that where you could potentially make a ton of money right now, like with Jeff turning down money from Gary Vee saying, like, hey, how much do we owe you? You know what? Don't worry about it. Totally fine. What do you think the delta was on what go to me, what, 15 grand versus what? Right. Right. But people get so caught up in it, don't they? Like, man, well, I mean, it's 15 grand, man. Like, what? it's, it's a lot of money. I am not just going to turn, I'm not going to work for free. You know, it's like, well, sometimes you should, (laughs) you know what I mean? The wild thing about it too. And and
1: Gary says it all the time is at worst, you feel really good. Like, (laughs) you know, some of my really good friends that, you know, they're a little younger than me, like, dude, I'm giving them, I'm like consulting heavy with them. I'm Mm -hmm. telling them everything. Yeah. Like I could be charging them a ton of money, (laughs) but you know how awesome that is? Like when I see them implement what I'm telling them, like that makes
0: me feel good. Right. Well, not to mention like a fast forward a decade. Again, it's all long-term. It's all the long game, right? Fast forward a decade. One of those kids that you're consulting right now is the next freaking Mark Zuckerberg or something less than Mark Zuckerberg. That's still like nine figures, eight figures at least. You know what I mean? Like who are they going to look up to at that point and be like, hey, this is my boy when back when I didn't know anything and nobody believed in me, Mark, like took the time to sit down with me and like, give me his knowledge for free. I'll never forget that. You know what I mean? Like the, like, those are the things that are going to like keep you fueled throughout the rest of your career. Like not even just an iconic, if you grow this company, sell it in two years from now, these relationships that you're building, the value that you're offering with people who are out there killing it, like that extends for the rest of your life. And people just don't wrap their mind around how valuable that is.
1: It's funny you say that because Scooter, the second time I met him, I remember it so vividly. He had talked about, it's not so much who you meet later. It's about the people you came up with Hmm. because it's always like you're sitting at that table and it's like your friend, you know, so-and-so needs this. And you're like, oh, I know a guy from 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And it's those people that you can lean on that you're really going to be able to help provide value to people.
0: Yeah, It's like you true. have
1: those really good friends, you know?
0: Right, right. And now you have those going forward. Exactly. Right. So going back, you put together this deal with Gary. What have you guys got going on right now that you're super stoked about? And where do you think Iconic's going in the future?
1: Uh, so let's break it into two. Let's talk about Gary specifically. We dropped the first three pieces in our collection about three, four weeks ago. Crushing it. He's the real deal. Um, we're dropping no one knows us either. We're dropping the second tier collection on April 16th. He'll Dope. be in LA with us. We'll be dropping, we will be going Instagram live. Dope. And this is actually my favorite. There's actually three different drops. This is the second one. It's got, there's 10 pieces. It's Two of my favorite pieces are in it. Hmm. Wow. Uh, so there's that, which, I mean, it's been monumental. I mean, his audience is so engaged, yeah. so loyal that, you know, I talked about it before. It's just, he's just filling, you know, for, for marketers out there, he's filling our funnel with like the exact guy that we want. Yeah. So there's that with him, and then I mean, every time we see him, you know, we do the quick catch up. You know, we're doing this, this, and this, and then he gives us a little tidbit, and that little tidbit can go a very long way. Yes, yeah. it's, it's always that. You know, I, I could watch an hour of one of his his keynotes, and yeah. there's that one thing, and you get that when you're with him, you get that right away. And like the funniest thing with him and with us, there's like there's no fluff. I don't care how your day is doing, here. I don't care about it. this. Let's go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because he's so busy that right. it's just like let's get right to it, and he's. He's a similar alien to us, so I just I like that.
0: Yeah, totally, man. That's so cool. So going at going in the future, what do you guys like? What is your plan for Iconic? Um, as much as you're allowed to go into. Yeah, much of
1: that's it. Um, we have some really cool licenses about to drop. Okay. We have a store here in Vegas that's about to open, bringing on some really unique, cool artists. Up to
0: this point, is it still only been uh, Jeff as far no, as artists no. go?
1: We have Jeff probably does ninety percent of the SKUs. Okay. We now have another guy in-house, and then we do a lot of collaborations that they probably make up eh, probably 10% of the okay. SKUs. Gotcha. And then we have some really cool collaborations coming up. Cool. In like very eclectic niches. Yeah. Like nice. the biggest gamers in the world, like random stuff like that where like, you know, we really love storytelling that we're going to tell. That's awesome. That, that, that inspiration. Like the story that we're talking about right now, like the Eat Dirt come yeah. up. This one with the, the with the gaming team that we're about to do these guys story is crazy it's, and no one knows about it. Yeah. They just know them as like these fun loving guys that are bonging beers on Instagram stories, but they're like <laughs> the craziest backstory. Yeah, so yeah. that's it. We love what we're doing. Going to keep building out the team and oh yeah, we, we dropped pillows. We'll be dropping some other product mediums here and there. Oh, Nice but uh, we have some new sizes coming for the art. Some big sizes. The one I showed you. Cool. But yeah, it's just, it's just really optimizing and continue to do what we do.
0: That's so dope, bro. I can't wait to see what you guys keep doing in the future. If, obviously, you know, I'm here to support it in any way I possibly can. If you're listening right now, head over to iconic.com, grab some of this stuff. I'm telling you it's going, it's going to be everywhere literally really soon. So hey, bro, I, I know we're coming down close to the end of the, our time together, but I got to ask this question because it's the one I ask every guest that comes on the show. The show's called build your network. It's networking relationships and we've talked a lot about that during the show but this is the question that I ask everybody who you know or what you know which one is more important and why honestly
1: I bet you this is the less the, the answer that said less it's definitely what because I know so many people that know a lot of people but they don't have any real value to add I always say the most defensible thing in any market is intelligence and skills if you're really good at something no matter what people are gonna want it but you can know all these people but if you're not providing value then you're just another guy And obviously, there's extenuating circumstances. If you come from a a billionaire family, you'll you'll be fine. Yeah. But
0: there's always going to be a spot for the smart guy. Yeah. Always. That's why I frame the question like that, bro. Cause like, I think it's the who, but I frame it like that because I don't want people picking who because they're on my show. So like, I I appreciate all of like every time somebody gives me like a different insight. Like, bro, everything that you're saying is based on your experience. So like, that's dope. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell me a story specifically about, a time where you were hitting a wall or maybe an obstacle that you couldn't quite figure out, where like a connection that you had helped you move around or jump over or push through that that obstacle or that wall.
1: I mean, that's mil- I mean that's every single day. <laughs> I mean, it's just literally people come to me if they need anything. Yeah, they need an accountant, they need a lawyer, they need jeans, they need
0: socks, they need neck. I mean, it's just it's just everywhere. Right. Even that story that you just told about Gary V like. Yeah. The Gary Vee thing was awesome and the value there and, and working for the firm for free and like all this stuff was there. But there was one piece that maybe not everybody picked out is like, you knew a guy yep. that worked in the office yeah. that could get you the meeting, right? Yep. Like you knew that if, if I could get the meeting, like your, what was going to kick in, right? Like, yep. Hey, I, I know that I know my stuff. So if I can just sit down with Gary, I know that we're going to be able to work something out, but knowing the guy that could actually put the meeting together was what enabled you to actually get your foot in the door.
1: I got to tell this last one because it's too good. And it pertains to why the who and the what is important. Yeah. How we met Scooter. So um, I was in a fraternity called Sammy in uh, University of Delaware. One of my pledges, his name was Lee Levenberg. His best friend from home from Long Island, his name was Michael George. Michael George was managing a guy named Hoodie Allen, who years back had blown up. Michael moves to California and things don't work out with Hoodie. It's kind of the same situation as me. moves to California, things don't work out. Didn't know Michael. But Lee was like my little homie, my fraternity. And he's like, yo, Michael's here. I know you know some people. Anyway, you can take him around. So literally, and this is when I was broke, but connected. So I took him to a bunch of meetings just for no, just because Lee was my guy. Mm -hmm. And just because I'm a nice guy and it's, it's value first. Right. So Michael ends up discovering Martin Garrix, who... He found him on SoundCloud Who Martin Garrix. People all know probably makes $15 or $20 million a year. And then Michael brought Martin Garrix to Scooter Braun and then helped build out the EDM division. So this was, Michael wasn't really my friend. Jimmy was, but he wasn't. We'd talk occasionally. And I had gone to Michael for all of these brands I was with, for hats. And he was like, eh, whatever. For the NBA licensed blankets, he's like, "Yeah, whatever. And then I go to him for the blankets, and he's like, what else are you working on? And I told him about Iconic. And he's like, oh, Scooter loves art. Really? So then he just hooked us up with Scooter. And then two minutes in, Scooter's like, love you guys. Done deal. What are we doing? (laughs) So that's literally about providing value. Yeah. When no one wanted to help Michael, I helped Michael
0: but without the expectation of receiving anything yep right because that's the whole that's the whole caveat yep. right there because a lot of people are on board with helping people yep. but only in a transactional manner so like there was zero chance that you could have at that point looked into the future and been like one day I'll be working at this like canvas company yep. and we're going to be looking for strategic partners and mm-hmm. so if I help out this guy he's gonna have the connection that in the future I'll be able to take it like there's zero chance you could actually plan that out and move step yep. by step through the process it's just putting out good for people and then like it just comes back there's just no way it always works
1: out i don't know how to explain it and i feel like people just i guess there's some people that just don't act on intuition and they need more hard examples or whatever it is but like it always works out right so yeah that's a crazy story that for me love it bro i laugh about it that it's just like all i needed was just and i tell scooter all the time he goes to me he goes what do you want from me and i go scooter give me layups so he gives me layups and i go and slam dunk it yeah that's him so
0: Love it, bro. I know we could sit here and chat for probably another couple of hours. So for let's, sure. let's kind of move on here to the last segment, something I like to call the random round. Few quick random questions and quick random answers. Ready? Let's hit it. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt?
1: I like like what Brad's doing. We're, we're in Bradley's studios right now, just teaching. I'm, I'm very passionate about teaching. So I think that in my later life doing teaching slash angel investing
0: If you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present and talk with them for an hour, who would it be and why?
1: Kobe Bryant. Kobe, I recently started consuming his content very heavily. His mindset and work ethic is just- Unbelievable. Next level.
0: Yeah. How do you like to consume content, books, blogs, audiobooks, podcasts, or videos?
1: A combination of everything, but I would say the thing I like most is books. Um, And I recently, again, on my Let's ass, I- Listen to a guy named Jim Quick, Quick K W I K. He's a, a brain expert, a learner. I'm actually in contact with now. He's a great guy. So I've actually optimized how I learn and read and teach through him. So now I'm a big book guy and notes guy. That's awesome. That's awesome. Jim's a great dude.
0: Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Morning routine
1: is I wake up, make my bed, do hundred pull ups, take a shower. That's how it starts all the time. And recently, again, my let don't look at my phone.
0: Yeah, that's game changing.
1: I have a $6 alarm clock from Amazon. I use an alarm clock and I put my, room, uh, my phone charging another room.
0: That's awesome, man. It's been crazy. What is your go-to pump-up song?
1: Go-to pump-up song. You know what's funny? I just had this argument right before I came here. It used to be some Michael Jackson, ironically enough, but Michael Jackson, I can't curse on here. If anybody has seen that Michael Jackson documentary, Michael Jackson, I will never listen to that music ever again. So it used to be Michael Jackson until recently. Other than that, I just, I'm a big rap guy. I like Roy Woods, Majid Jordan,
0: like slow R&B rap. What is something that you are just not very good at? Terrible at directions.
1: Really, really bad at directions. Uh, I don't know how to build anything. So like-
0: Back it, to the Ikea thing. Yeah, the earlier. Ikea thing. Yeah. I That's real.
1: Honestly, if I tried to do it, I could do it. I'm but I, sure, yeah. but but the pace I would go, I would <laughs> yeah. be in the bottom one percentile. And then I don't know how to ride a bike, a bicycle. I don't know how to ride a bike- yeah. It's, those are some pretty stupid things.
0: Yeah. <laughs> How's we get everything wrapped up here, bro? What is one place online where we are going to find you the most? Mark Brazil,
1: Mark with a K, Brazil with a Z, Iconic, I-K-O-N-I-C-K. And then if you want to follow the best artists in the world, Cole,
0: C-O-L-E. Sweet. Perfect. If you want to go consume more of Mark's stuff, head over to Instagram at Mark Brazil and seriously go to Iconic. I promise you will not regret um, ordering a couple of those things for maybe your office or something like that. Mark, brother, appreciate you coming on the show today. I had a fantastic time chatting with you. Appreciate it. Good man. Hey, what's up, fellow and future networkers? Want to listen to Build Your Network a Day Early? Download the Himalaya app and follow the show for exclusive first access. Himalaya is a brand new podcast app where you can find every single podcast you love and some future faves. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya has got your back. Discover personally curated playlists and show your favorite podcasters, aka me, some love with Himalaya's tip jar. It's free. It's the easiest platform to use. And they're adding cool new features every single day. So go to the app store, download Himalaya. That's H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A. And don't forget to follow Build Your Network once you're there. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to learn more about how we've been able to get some of the guests to come on the show, I've created a totally free resource called Meet Your Hero. So if you'd like to connect with people you respect and admire that are difficult to reach, you're going to want to go to travischapelcom hero to take action and start that training today. Have a wonderful rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it.